This episode is sponsored by Podcorn. I love Podcorn. I have been using them for a while now. They are a great marketplace for connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. They are not a middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. And you own your rights. Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you are protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. I have been using them for a few weeks now and my experience has just been baller. They are so supportive, such a great company to work with, and I am so thankful that they're here sponsoring this episode. I think you should check them out. They are baller. Go to the link in my show notes or go to podcorn.com and let them know Stop Sucking at Business sent you. I'm sure they'd be happy to know that. Without further ado, let's get this party started. What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking at Business. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm just really happy about this interview, so I'm glad you get to hear it. Uh, I'm here with Allison Lex. Allison is a 13 plus year veteran direct response copywriter from her start as the director of marketing at Glazer, Can- Glazer or Glazer? It's Glazer. I never, it was one of those words like I heard, I've, I've seen it written, I've never read it. Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle. She's working and writing with Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer to her private business, helping hundreds of coaches, authors, and speakers. She lives and breathes effective marketing that works without selling your soul. And she is going to tell us how to get our shit together for 2021 <laughs> when it comes to marketing and copywriting. So Allison, I'm just so happy to see your face. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. And Let's just all start looking forward to not having a dumpster fire of a year. I think that's like the first thing that we can say is like new year, new opportunities, put the dumpster fire behind us (laughs) as much as possible. And I mean, really a lot of this business thing is mindset. Yeah. And getting your head on right. And the first part of it is like, it's been hard for everyone in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I haven't had it as objectively hard as some people. I'm still making money. I have a roof over my head. I'm not food insecure, but it's still hard. Those feelings are still valid, That it's still hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's acknowledge it. Let's sit in it for a minute and then let's move on. It feels like we're coming out of just the most abusive relationship possible. <laughs> it's like, we're still kind of in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We're recording this in November and it's, uh, it's not anywhere near close to being done yet, but also I guess we're in November. So the, the light is at the end of the tunnel, but it's, <laughs> I feel like we're going to all need to have just a big self care year in 2021 to just yes be better and be not be better, but just feel better. But yeah, let's talk about, I don't even, where do you want to start with this? How do you want to start with the way that we should handle planning for the unplannable? So I think that 2020 has just been proof that 
any plan you have has gone out the fucking window. <laughs> Completely. Like like dodgeball, you've got a dodge dick duck. <laughs> I didn't say dick. I said duck. You totally did. <laughs> it is a d- so you've got to avoid the dick and duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I could run with that, but I'm just gonna move on. I, so I keep being the adult. I, <laughs> I try. <laughs> the first thing is to differentiate plans from goals. Okay, so goals are the big things you want to accomplish, and plans are how you intend to get there. Plans can change, and plans often do change, but your goals stay the same. Okay, so differentiating will really allow you to be more flexible when things happen, when it's unplannable, when you get thrown a whammy or a curveball or a giant D word flying at your face, right? So your goals don't change. Mm -hmm. If you have a goal to be a podcast guest on 25 podcasts this year, how you do that can change as you go through. As long as the goal stays the same and you continually work toward that. And so one of the things that I do and I know that you love this, is I have a whiteboard on my wall and it's just a, a simple dollar store whiteboard and it says 2020 goals on it, okay? And then in black marker, because I'm a big fan of my multicolored markers, in black marker, it has things that I wanna launch, not specifics, just products, two products I wanted to launch. I wanted 25 podcast interviews. I wanted to have a book written. I wanted a certain revenue target. I wanted a certain list size. Those are my goals. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not writing out every single way I want to get on these 25 podcasts. I want to be on 25 podcasts. Mm-hmm. Now I know that I'm going, when I go to execute that goal, I'm going to find podcasts that resonate with me for one reason or another. One of the podcasts that I was on this year, I was sharing the story of how I adopted my son. Mm-hmm. I counted it. It actually had nothing to do with my business, but it meant something for me. Right. Okay. So figure out what those goals mean for you. If you have a list of 10 goals, great. Five goals. Awesome. I don't care. Don't make it 30. That's too many. Right. That's the, the top third of my board. Then the rest of it is broken out into quadrants. Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4. Color coded because office supply nerd. As you do. Yes. As I do. Um, and I will say, I'm looking at it right now, Q2, I just really just wrote the word COVID in it. Yeah. I accomplished nothing in Q2 as far as my goals. Now, I did make revenue, so I was able to write in Q3 rev goal hit. You know, like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I didn't launch a product. I didn't, I booked a couple podcasts. I didn't Right. I mean, I haven't written the book. Like, I'm just calling that one. I've, that's actually been on my list for like four years. That's just one of those that carries over. Yep. And I'm giving myself grace with that because the other ones and those, you know, the goals have shifted a little bit and that's okay too. The priority of those goals, getting a book written is still a goal of mine. It's just lower priority than some of the other ones that are on my list. But by putting that, it's literally right next to my computer monitor. I see it every single day and it helps keep me in the frame of mind of is what I'm doing going to get me closer to my goal? If so, which one? And so starting there, and I know this is like a lot of mindset-y stuff, but when we're planning our marketing, we need to plan it in relation to these goals. Mm -hmm. If my goal is to launch two products and all I'm doing is marketing my done for you service, is that getting me to that goal? right? It's helping me hit the rev goal, but it's not helping me hit this other one. So how can I work that in? Okay. So that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Figure out what your goals are. Now it's time to plan to get that done. All right. And there's, it's made its way around Facebook like 30 times. It's the story of the teacher with a jar and he's got rocks, pebbles, sand and water okay? okay and he says will all this fit in the jar and everybody says 
I don't know. And so he pours the water in and then he pours the sand in and then he puts the pebbles in and the rocks don't fit. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you do it in the other way, put the big rocks in first, then put the pebbles, shake it through, then put the sand, shake it through, and then put the water. It all fits. The same is for our marketing. Plan the big stuff first. Mm -hmm. Right? Are you going to do a summit list build, a summit style list build? That's huge. Plan that one first. When are you going to do it? Mm -hmm. Let's say you're going to do it in May. Great. May. Okay. Now I'm going to do a couple challenges. Bang, bang, bang. Then I'm going to launch this product. Bang. That's going to be on the tail end of the summit. So that's June. Okay. Then I'm going to do, you know what I mean? Like, what are my big things? What are my smaller things? And then all the way at the end, you fill in with weekly or content-based emails because they're the small things that are more flexible. Mm -hmm. The summit is inflexible because there are, I, I have one of my best friends is a list building expert. So I know that there are right times and wrong times to hold a summit. So if you try to move it, it may not work right. Plan that first. What that does is that allows you to see your full year. Just the big stuff. I'm not saying we need to have our editorial calendar planned out for the next 52 weeks. But you have the big stuff planned out. I know I'm going to host a challenge in February, a summit in May, a webinar series in August, and a challenge in November. Cool. Then what? Well, let's look at Q1. What am I going to do? What holidays am I going to work around? If I have, you know, if I'm a dating coach, Valentine's Day, that's pretty big. Let's put that in there. That's something I need to address, right? If I'm a weight loss coach, probably Valentine's Day, <laughs> <laughs> right? But like, how am I going to work with the things that aren't movable? Mm -hmm. You can't move Valentine's Day. You can't move Thanksgiving unless you move to Canada and then you can move it to a month earlier, right? Like you can't move some things. Black Friday mm -hmm. does not move cyber month that, that whole week. Right. So those kind of get put in too. And then we say, okay, now what do I want to do? Do I want to launch a product? When's the best time to do that? Is it on the tail end of one of these events or do I want to launch it on its own? When do I want to create this? And so now you've got a big calendar bowl because now you're just looking at specific things rather than what am I going to do for the next 365 days? Because mm -hmm. I don't, I just totally rambled. So that's, tell no, me if that makes sense. That's incredible. I think he laid out so much that it makes so much sense. <laughs> And to be, that's, uh, you're, you should do this for a living, I think. <laughs> so two things that came up into my brain when you were saying that and um, your call, which one do you want to address first? So which goals do you think most businesses, you know, we'll use the caveat most, should be really focusing on? So like list building or things like that. And how do you know when a goal is something that you actually want to do versus what you think you should do? Okay. So I'm going to address them in order. Okay. A lot of businesses will focus either on just the money or they focus too much on what I call vanity metrics, mm -hmm. engagement, likes, followers. Engagement is one of those iffy vanity ones, but it is still vanity. Okay. List building is a huge goal. But, but even more than that, I want to see list building with the right numbers, highly engaged. If you have a 300,000 person list and 12 people open your emails, your list sucks. Mm-hmm right? If you have a 60,000 person Facebook group and nobody comments on your posts, your group sucks. Okay. I would much rather see 500 people with 495 of them who comment or open 
or click or buy than these huge lists that don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. So really that's why I say engagement is iffy because it's, it matters in the context of another metric. Got it. Engagement on its own does not matter as much Mm -hmm. unless you're trying to be an influencer and get paid to sponsor. Okay. That's a whole nother ball of wax over there. A lot of people will focus on an open rate of an email. No, click rate. Mm -hmm. Open rates are notoriously not really that reliable. Right. The reported open rates. So I want to see the click rate. But again, open rate can matter because if you get five people open and five people click, that's awesome. Now we just need, no, we need to work on the subject line. Mm -hmm. Right? So one of the things that I always look at is how do each of my conversion checkpoints work? Okay. So let's look at an email. Mm -hmm. We've got an email to a sales page. Okay. So we've got three spots. We've got opening the email, clicking the email and buying on the sales page. That's three conversion conversion checkpoints. Mm-hmm. I want to look at each of those numbers for everything I do to see where I can improve. If I'm getting terrible opens, but awesome clicks, I've got a subject line problem. If everybody's opening and nobody clicks, I've got an email copy problem. If I'm, if both of those are good, opens, clicks are great, but nobody's buying, I've got a sales page problem. Okay. The same works for a lead magnet. Let's say I'm running Facebook ads. I'm getting a ton of clicks from the ads. My ads great, but no opt-ins. I've got a landing page problem. If I'm getting no clicks, I've got an advertising problem. So you can see it helps you break down what to fix and what to repair and what to focus on Mm -hmm. to improve your overall results. And so, you know, yes, the money is a good metric. Am I making money? Yes. Great. Um, But if we want to get really detailed, we don't want to just look at individual metrics. We want to look at how they interact with one another. Okay. Okay. So the second question you had was, is it something that I want to do or is it something that I feel like I should do Mm -hmm. or have been told by someone else to do? I can speak to this because there's a reason that writing a book has been on my list for four years. I don't want to do it. (laughs) Right? I don't want to. Yeah. It feels hard to me. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I write for a living. <laughs> and it still feels hard. I know that it is something that would be beneficial to my business and to me personally. And so it is on my list, even though it's not something that I'm like super stoked and passionate to do. That's kind of like, you know, the grown up chores item on my list. Right. Right. You know, I don't feel like washing the dishes, but I know I'm going to have to. So I just do it. That's the suck it up and deal with it item. Mm -hmm. But you notice what's not on my list is, you know, uh, blog 85 times. Because one, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Two, I don't want to do it. And three, there are other ways to achieve my goals that I want to do. So that's a really good question too, is, is there another way to achieve the goal that this will get me that I feel good about doing? Another thing is if you look like list building and revenue and those sorts of things, those are goals that are not very specific on how I get there. Mm -hmm. Right. Growing my list does not care how I do it. Getting revenue does not care how I do it as long as I do it. And so I've got personal goals, launching products, writing a book. I've got business goals, revenue and lists. And then I have another goal that I know will get me to one of those business goals or to both of those business goals. Mm -hmm. Right. So being on podcast interviews is one of my chosen ways to grow my list and make more money. Mm -hmm. Launching products is a personal goal. It's something I want to do, but I also know that it's a way to get me more money. Mm -hmm. Writing a book 
yeah, well, it could make me more money. It could grow my list. But it's also just one of those things like, I know this is going to have benefits. So there is no one size fits all marketing strategy. Despite what you might hear, right? Sandy product launcher lady might say, this is the best way to make money. Okay. And then Joe product launcher dude might say, no, this is the best way to make money. Mm-hmm. And it is for them and for the people who are on board with it. Mm-hmm. Whatever you decide to do to market yourself, stick to it. Keep working it. Work the process and the process will work. The problem that we have is that we try to throw stuff and if it doesn't stick right away, we stop. Mm. I'm going to conquer LinkedIn. It's been eight days and I've seen no results. <laughs> does it sound familiar? Because yes. it does to me. Wouldn't it be amazing if it only took eight days to see? Oh, well, if it only took eight days, nobody would be an employee. <laughs> <laughs> we would have no employees. Mm-hmm. And as a business owner, we desperately need employees because I don't want to do all the work myself. <laughs> so it's going to take some time, no matter what method you use. Mm-hmm. Even if you're running paid ads, the best ads people I know say it can take up to three months to see consistent results. And that's paid ads. Like that's literally throwing money at the problem. Mm-hmm. So. If you decide, hey, I'm going to do direct mail, which is a totally valid and underused medium. And if you want to write direct mail, call me because I don't get to write enough of it. It takes time to get to work. You've got to tweak things. There's testing involved. Not everything's going to work the first time right off the bat. I wish it would. I would have spent a lot less on direct mail. (laughs) You know? Um, So... If somebody says to you, you've got to write 85 blog posts and that feels awful to you and you're going to just grind yourself into desperation doing it, don't do it. Record some Facebook videos instead. And then maybe you can get those transcribed and turned into blog posts. Like that's always an option. How can you create options for yourself? Mm. I love interacting and teaching and having conversations, although I've really just monologued this entire one. Um, So I started a podcast. Mm -hmm. Works for me, but it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. So that's my lengthy answer. I love it. And you're so right. I think that uh, one, I wrote a book and I understand the whole, like, it took me years to write a book when it like, honestly, the amount of blog posts I've written that would have equaled the book were like, but it's the book. So you have to write the book it's and it's the thing. Right. And yeah. And it, I said to probably on here, but also just <laughs> to anyone that's ever asked, like, I'm very glad I wrote the book solely because it was shit that was clogging my head. Like if I didn't write the book, I couldn't move on to do the others because the book was always in my head. It had to, we have to write the book. The book has to be written. And I wrote the book and then I'm like, it was like a cleansing release. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you. Adios, go out into the world. And now I can go do all the other shit. But um, that you want to do. Yes, exactly. And I'm very glad I wrote the book. It's nice. It's great, great to be author, whatever, but it's like, it was a, it was a business card thing, mm-hmm. not a happy Megan. Right. On top of the mountain kind of thing. Yeah. So I completely understand the book part. I, when do you think we're talking about, you know, Obama once said, about um politics like it it's like a ship and it's it's a two degree shift and i feel like that's the same thing with running a business like when you're looking for if something is working you have to kind of give it some time to make a two degree shift but when do you start to think 
I've given this time, nothing is working. What is, how am I going to pivot this more or how am I going, when do you recommend people see something not working and move on? Ah, uh, the writing on the wall question. Exactly, yeah. So I started, um, I, I launched a product a few years ago with a partner and we kind of had this whole business around it and I think we gave it like two years mm -hmm. before we called it. And we probably waited too long. You know, um, we, we waited a little longer out of respect to our friendship, which we ended up dissolving the partnership and we still love each other, which is amazing. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And so rare, right? <laughs> like, um, but we wanted to be super respectful of our friendship and we really were, we believed in it. Mm -hmm. And so it was hard to let it go but it was time. We were disgusted by it, mm. I think. We were disillusioned. We were, uh, frankly, running out of money. <laughs> you know, mm. I think that that time is not going to be, if we're talking in the info expert space, starting from scratch with a new audience, I would give it at least six months of real, concentrated, full-on, balls-to-the-wall effort, mm -hmm. okay? I'm not talking playing for a day a week for six months and then saying it's finished. I mean, really trying. With other industries, or if you already have a list, that timeline can be shorter. Like if you're launching a, a physical product and it's just, you know, you've got 10,000 and you've sold one. All right, let's call that, mm -hmm. you know, but then there's also, there's a thing called the sunk cost fallacy. Mm -hmm. And as marketers, we use that sometimes, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or gamblers. Yeah. yeah gamblers. <laughs> um, but it, it, well, and gambling mm -hmm. is a lot like business <laughs> for that reason. I've already spent a year and a half on this. What if next month is my month? right? There's that picture, again, circulating Facebook. Apparently, I spend too much time there of the two guys in the diamond mine. And one guy gives up um, like right at the edge. And then the other guy keeps going and he hits the diamond or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And that I think is really kind of damaging Definitely. in a way. It's inspirational. Yes, keep going. You never know. But it can also be damaging. How much are you going to throw good money and good effort after bad? Mm -hmm. so I would give it six months minimum and just evaluate and evaluate the trend. Am I doing better now at month six or month 12 or whatever than I was at month one? Is it an upward graph? Is it growing like COVID cases? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty upward, right? <laughs> is it trending up? If it's trending up, don't stop. That would be stupid. Mm -hmm. If it's trending down, how fast? Is there something you can do to get it to start moving up? If not, then maybe it's time to call it. If it's been stagnant for a while, what needs to change to get it to grow? right? Try that. If it starts trending up, you're on the right path. If it starts trending down, you're on the wrong path. If it stays the same, either test or call it. So I really think in that case, it's look at the data. Yeah. How, and not like, okay, I made $500 this month and, you know, $400 last month. Okay, great. That's, that's a trend up. What did you do the month before that? What did you do the month before that? Like, how is it going? And I think it's also really important to look at how you feel about it. Do you feel disgusted? Are you burned out? Do you hate waking up and going to work in the morning? Is this, are you excited to talk about it to your friends or are you done? Are you embarrassed by it? If, if all you have about it are negative feelings, no amount of upward trend is going to change that. And I think it's important to realize that you put yourself in this situation. Like you are running a business because you wanted to be an entrepreneur. You felt called to be an entrepreneur. So do shit that makes you feel good. If it's making, like, 
there's going to be things in business you don't want to do or that you're not as mm-hmm. good as you someone else could be but there's a difference between i'm not good at this but it still needs to get done until i can hire somebody or outsource it or whatever versus i hate everything in my life exactly exactly there's a big difference between just having to get up and put your big girl panties on right. which we all have those tasks mm-hmm. there are things i hate doing i hate it taxes i hate doing them bookkeeping oh i could ugh. Ugh. so until i'm in a position where i've got somebody that will handle it the way i need it handled because mm-hmm. i've had bookkeepers and they want me to send them stuff that's what I was going to say. Like I have apps and books and like things to do book. And I still have to do parts of it. And I'm like, nope, I don't want to have to touch it. <laughs> like I remember I was looking for a CPA to do my taxes. Uh-huh. They were like, well, yeah, send me a spreadsheet of your expenses. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> I want you to make the spreadsheet. I don't want to do it. Right. But until I can find somebody who has that availability for me, I just do it because I have to, or the government's mm-hmm. going to yell at me and I don't want to get yelled at. Mm-hmm. Right. I really don't like promoting my business on Facebook. It's not, I am much better in the one-to-one interactions, mm-hmm. but I know I have to do it. So I do it. Right. Not very well, not very consistently. I know that someone else that I could hire would do it better, but it's where I am right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely not talking about those things. But if getting up in the morning fills you with existential dread mm-hmm. and not just because of 2020, then it is time to look at something else. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. That's why I'm really open with the fact that I've done this business thing a couple times. The first time I went into business for myself, I ran out of money. Mm-hmm. Like asked my mother for rent. I asked my then boyfriend to buy a battery for my car. I was out of money. Mm-hmm. I got a job. And that's okay. I wasn't ready. Luckily, I paid my mom back and I married the guy that bought the battery. So that <laughs> debt is straight off. Just, yeah, we just wrote that debt off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I wasn't ready, and that's mm-hmm. okay. It might not be the right fit for you. I've changed my niche a couple times Mm -hmm. and that's okay. I always keep coming back to old reliable coaches, authors, speakers. Mm -hmm. That's where I love to be. I thought, oh, there's a lot of great opportunity in e-com. I don't like writing for e-com. Yep. It's hard and I didn't make any money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, actually do like writing for e-com but it's hard and i didn't make any money so i don't it's a different anymore it's a different vein yeah it's a different beast Mm -hmm. um so and that's okay it's okay to shift and move and grow and figure things out as you grow up like i've recently realized it is absolutely entirely possible to outgrow someone that you used to really respect Mm -hmm. um there's a very popular person that i used to just love her stuff and I outgrow her. I am in the exact, we're going to have to talk offline because I am yeah. the I was like, I had like hero worship of this person. And then, I mean, hearts in my eyes, hash, hashtag fangirl, and I outgrew her. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, man, why do I not like this anymore? It What's, hurts a little bit. Like what, what happened? Yeah. And I was looking for what changed and what changed was me. Yeah. I grew up a little and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm looking to different people who have are further ahead of me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also okay to realize that, okay, I don't have all the answers. I recently had to come to terms with that one. That was my ego. I had to get over that. Mm. And I just invested in a, a coaching and mentorship program to help me take my business to the next level. Nice. Which after 13 years, I know, I know marketing guys. I get it. I suck at doing it for me. Isn't that crazy? Like the adage of those who can't teach, like I 
will talk your head off about marketing. I love it. But then like when I have to go do it for myself, uh, I like, I can put together, I talk to my business friends and I'm like, oh, you should do a challenge. Here's what you should call it. Here's the headline. Here's what all your days are. Here's the bonuses. You should do this. And then they're like, well, why don't you do a challenge? I don't know what to do it on. (laughs) Can I tell you, that's how I figured out that I needed to be like a coach consultant because Mm -hmm. I would just tell people what to do anyways. And yeah, I do it all the time. I should be getting paid to do this because this is what I'm doing anyways. Like I had an interview to uh, um, a get to know you call today mm-hmm. for a different podcast. And he was like, well, here's what my plan is. I was like, okay, so here's what you do. You do this. <laughs> and then, and he's like, um, I already do this. I was like, okay, well, here's how to do it better. <laughs> I was like, use this app, do it this way. You can have it this Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, like I talked him into it. I don't know how people listen to me all the time. <laughs> like, why are you, you know listening to me? You know your shit, Allison. I do. I do. But not when it comes to me because I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, I want to do a pro- I don't know what to do it on. What should I, what should it be? I need somebody to tell me what to do mm-hmm. because I'm too close. And that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Because I've recognized it getting the help for it like so I think a lot of this is about letting yourself off the hook Mm. you know they say Mm. that starting a business is like having a baby and as someone who adopted a son and drove home from the hospital like oh my god they just let us leave with this kid like check the rearview mirror are they (laughs) what now right like yes it is like, it's like having a baby because you're so dedicated to it, but it's also that way because there's really no instruction manual. Mm-hmm. I like most days I make it up when I advise my clients. Yes. What I tell them is based on my experience, but a lot of the times I feel like I'm making it up mm-hmm. and there's that little bit of imposter syndrome still going on, but it's all okay. I mean, just what do you like to do? Do you like to write? Write some blogs, write some high value posts on Facebook. Do you like to talk? Facebook live and Instagram live sound great. Maybe have a YouTube channel, go on podcast, start a podcast. How can you market yourself in a way that is going to feel good so that you stick with it? Mm. That's the important part. If we really hate doing it, we're not going to do it. I put my taxes off every year, every year. I file that six month extension every year because I think I don't, I don't have all my stuff together. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. Mm -hmm. I don't have all my stuff together. I'm not going to have it together by April 15th. Well then October 10th rolls around and I still don't have it together. (laughs) So I got to scramble because they don't give out more extensions. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it because I don't like to, Mm -hmm. but ask me to design a mug in Canva and I am on it. (laughs) Because I like to do it. Mm-hmm. Not that I do it very well. It's but you like it. So and I'm not a designer. But <laughs> I'm, I'm on it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. So how can you bring fun into the stuff you know you're supposed to do? If- I, I think that's an excellent transition into things that I am, I know I have to do, which is sales. And mm-hmm. am I good at sales? In my head, no, but that's also a mindset thing of just that carried over from my last business of like, I'm not good at sales, so I won't get sales. So I don't get sales because I'm not good. So it was just, anyways, I know that sales, sales have been just wonky for a lot of people this year. Mm -hmm. Some people have had amazing years. Some people have had crazy on the other side years. Mm -hmm. So going into 2021, I know that list building is huge and sales are huge. So what recommendations do you have for people who want to grow their sales coming up in 2021? What do you, what is the plan of attack? Do you think? Yes. So first have the marketing that's going to do some of the pre-qualification work for you. Okay. If you are, if you're selling only online, right products, and it's just an add to cart type of situation, then let's look at that sales copy. 
is it meeting objections? Is it really niched in? Is it getting them where they need to be logically so that emotionally they can make the decision? Mm. Quick little story, because I just invested yeah. in this program. It was a big investment for me. And emotionally, I was sold from day, from second one. Like I literally, I read a Facebook post and I was like, I want that. I want it. And it took me another full day to justify it logically. People buy with emotion, but they justify it with logic. Mm -hmm. I was sold right away, but I had to justify it to myself. Otherwise, I would feel like it was a waste of money and have buyer's remorse. But because I took the time to justify it and because their salespeople allowed me that time, I have no buyer's remorse and I'm excited. Totally different experience, right? Mm -hmm. So does your sales copy give them enough information to justify it? If you have a sales call, do you give them enough information to justify this purchase? Mm -hmm. If it's a high ticket program or service, what are you doing to allow them to justify that purchase? That being said, don't make it cold and boring. A sales page with just a list of things included is not going to convert either. You have to get them in that emotional state of I'm ready for this and I need this and I want this and this will help me and this will solve my problem and this will give me something I want. That's what you want your people to feel that you know let's because i mentioned it before you're a dating coach mm -hmm. with so-and-so's help i will be able to have successful second dates right i had a lot of first dates but i never had any seconds mm -hmm. or with so-and-so's help i can get rid of this last 10 pounds and feel like i'm myself or i can get the promotion i want that i deserve and that i know i'm ready for or with so-and-so's help i can what do the thing mm -hmm. like i bought a grape slicer for a my grape kid slicer? it's a grape slicer because you're supposed to cut up grapes for kids oh got it okay otherwise right. they can choke yeah and i thought with this grape slicer i don't have to cut these stupid grapes anymore <laughs> unfortunately it broke on the first grape that was my one bad facebook purchase but it's still like this one stupid little $7 product still solved a problem for me. Mm -hmm. I don't have to X. I don't have to cut the stupid grapes and my child doesn't have to choke on it. It's a win-win. Mm -hmm. So that is the big idea behind your copy. Of course, there's a formula to get you there, right? right. I do have that formula if you guys want it. What? But, right? <laughs> um, and then when it comes to sales calls, mm -hmm. okay, so I'm pretty good at those. I close quite a few. A lot of it has to do with the stuff that they've done beforehand, the pre-qualification, and admittedly, the fact that a lot of these people come to me through referral, mm -hmm. and so they're half sold anyway. Referrals are the second easiest people to sell. The first being people who are already buying from you. Mm -hmm. um, but... One, it's, I don't use a script. I have, I have a flow, mm -hmm. but it's not a script. I'm, I'm not a big sales script fan. And that's, that's a personal thing. I don't mm -hmm. like them. I don't like being sold by them and I don't like using them to sell. So it's a process though. Right. And so it's, it, it does get to, to all the points that we need to get them to including what are your goals? What are you doing currently? You know, what's going on? All of this stuff. And then do you want to know how I can help that transition? But I also, I give them a proposal and it's a high, I call it a high value proposal. Mm -hmm. And so not only does it lay out everything that I can do for them, it's notes on what we talked about, ideas that I might've had in the interim depending on how we've connected, if we haven't connected face-to-face, -face, I'll shoot a video and embed it in the proposal because I use the software. Um, I use better proposals, but there's also Proposify. They're competing um, software options and I just happen to buy better proposals. 
but um and it just it it's a nice package it's a good package so not only is my call high value but so is my follow-up and that's what i'm getting at so if they don't make a decision to buy on the call how can i help them make that decision easier give them something to help justify the purchase see where i'm connecting those dots there right so that they're ready both emotionally and logically it's all in the prep work i love that and i think that so many people get myself included get intimidated by the whole idea of selling and oh God, someone's going to buy something from me and then I have to, I have to deliver and I have to like over deliver and I have to give them the most amazing experience. But what I think a lot of people don't realize is that, like you said, if you pre-qualify them, then these over delivery, how much is this, is easier. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, Mm -hmm. because now you have this, I don't know, this group of people who have vetted themselves, right? And I, I just think that mindset, like we were talking about way in the beginning, like mindset of whatever goals you have or whatever things you want to accomplish, you have to get that shit over with in your head first before you can start any of this. And mm-hmm once you get through that and you start pre-qualifying people, not even with sales, but with list building or with marketing or like once you start refining your people and what you can offer your people, I think it's just like, it's so much easier and it opens the door so quickly. You agree? I love the idea of refining your people. Yeah. Like I bet if you look at your clients or your customers from the last, let's say 18 months, mm-hmm. you're going to find a core group of people that love you, that think you're awesome, couldn't be happier. And they're going to have some similarities, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Those are your people. Find more of them. It's uh, finding more of the people who already love you that's actually like the best way to market your business. Love Heck that. if I know how to do it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the goal of marketing mm-hmm. is to find more of your most successful people. So if you're looking at creating your, your client profile or your avatar, or whatever you want to call it, that's where you start. Mm. The people who already love you. Well, let's start talking about pre-qualifying with sales pages and sales pages that write themselves. Allison, please tell everybody about this thing that is, I, all right, I signed up for this, what, like four months ago. Uh And it's, it's, I, no, you tell them, you tell them because it's just incredible. So sales pages, they are like the bane of people's existence because people don't know how to do them. And one of the biggest things I get is I'm not a good writer. And it's funny, I'm actually going to do a mini podcast episode on this because I was an English major. I was a creative writing minor. Like I'm a good writer. And I use almost none of that in my copy. (laughs) So um, in this, this little download, it's really showing you how to speak your sales page. And I give you that formula that I kind of teased about earlier. And I give you some prompts on how to get through it, right. And how to say it and how to transition and things like that so that you can get it going. Now, is it going to be the most perfect sales page that's ever been written in the history of ever? Probably not, but I'm all about getting people used to the idea that copy is possible. And it sounds counterintuitive, but I'm telling you, you don't have to be a highly paid professional copywriter to write your own copy. 
That being said, if you want a highly paid professional copywriter to write your copy, <laughs> I know a girl, yes, but maybe yeah. <laughs> copy can be accessible. Good sales copy can be accessible. You can use it to pre-qualify. You can use it to directly sell. I do it all the time. And kind of what I've outlined for you allows you to do that in a really non-threatening way because it's much easier to just talk into your phone than to sit in front of a blank Word document sometimes. And so that's available at alisonlex.com slash write itself. And, and it's free. It's, I can completely vouch for it. It's incredible. And thank you. Absolutely. You did an amazing, it's, it's disgusting that it's free. It should be like hundreds of dollars. It is so good. Well, I, thank you. Yeah. I'm all about the high value. It's, yeah, it's definitely worth it. And do it right now. You should be doing, <laughs> turn this off and go get it because she's awesome. No, don't turn this off <laughs> until the end. All right. Multitask. You. Multitask. Keep this on. <laughs> Allison, people are going to have more questions. So where can we find you? My home on the web is allisonlex.com. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N-L-E-X.com. And uh, from there, you can find me on Facebook or any of the other social networks that I probably don't pay enough attention to. And your podcast. And I have a, that's right, I do have a podcast. <laughs> I mentioned that. My podcast is called System to Thrive. We're on all major podcast platforms or at systemtothrive.com. Is there anything else we haven't covered that you want people to know before we end the call? Have a good 2021, everybody. It's got to get better from here, right? <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's so positive. I love that. <laughs> well, it's true. Yes. And you know, the only thing that really has gotten me through everything is just seeing kindness. So just continue to be kind to one another, work to be kind to one another. Um, recognize that we're all fighting our own battles, whether you see them or not. And a little bit of grace extended goes a long way. I'm a big believer in putting good into the world. So just put some good into the world today. Thank you, Alison. Thank you.